History of the World Part 1. I do love that movie. Yeah, I me haven't too. seen that for a long time. Me either. It's a comedy classic. I can't even remember it's what his. it was made. What was it, the mid-80s that that came out? Late 80s? Yeah, probably like early 80s, I would think. I would say, like, I w- maybe even 82, 83. Okay, yeah, that's very I, likely. Possibly possibly 86. I remember when I first saw it, I, I, I liked it, but uh, I didn't think it was as good as Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein, and then... Of course, the more I watched it, the more I was like, okay, this is a masterpiece. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and uh, also watching it and being high helped, too. Yeah. Well, that yeah, probably so. <laughs> yeah. I think what was probably so good is that it had several vignettes throughout the movie. You know, it wasn't just one storyline. It was multiple storylines throughout history. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely got... And then, of course, there are the uh, short little, like, Jews on Ice and those right. kinds of bits the, to it, too. All I'm the trying mus- to remember now. <laughs> all the musical oh, numbers, well, yes. Uh, yeah. The Inquisition. <laughs> what a show. The Inquisition. Here we go. I was like, I was like, it's the Roman thing and then the Inquisition, and what's the third one? Well, it's the freaking French Revolution that uh, I referenced right, well, exactly. ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Your Majesty, you look like the piss boy. His Majesty looks like the lowly piss boy. <laughs> and you look like a bucket of shit. <laughs> right. Uh, good fun stuff. Yes. Um, Harvey Corman. I have... Yeah. Mm. Uh, Miss him. Yeah. I mean, I re- really, when you think about, you know, like, people always talk about Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles, and they're fucking genius movies. Right. And great. Yes. But... But but the the history of the world, high anxiety. I love that freaking movie. Yeah. Um, and what's the other? Oh, uh, uh, what's the one with the? Oh no, that's Blazing Saddles. What's the other one from the early '80s? There's History of the World. Um. High anxiety. Now I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> Mel Brooks movies. I got so. Uh, yeah. Robin got, Hood, Men in I Tights. Got, yeah, that's a piece of shit. <laughs> right. It was a it was a reactionary movie. Yeah. I mean the Robin Hood men in tight oh Spaceballs is the other one I was thinking uh, about. Of course, of course. Spaceballs, High Anxiety, uh Silent Movie is another great one, to be or not to be. But um, then you get Men in Tights, Dracula Dead and Loving It, uh, Life Stinks. Yeah. And those those are those are really bad. Um, although Life Stinks kind of has a special place in my heart, just because I, of the, I just one of those movies I saw when I really started getting into movies, and hmm. and uh, there's a few things about it that that I like. Yeah, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen that one, but uh... it, it's not it's not great, but it's it's got like uh, you know all his actor, all the guys who are in all of his movies that are right. in it, like. Uh, uh, Howard Morris and um, uh, who's the other little guy? I can't think of his name now. But you know, um, Shecky Green. I don't know if Shecky Green. Is <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, I'm Char- rambling. And I have. What about Charlie Callis? I I feel like he's in that one too. But I'm looking at the uh, uh, 
the cast list and I don't see him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, now, is that one about uh, Mel Brooks' character is suicidal? And that's about all I know, I think. He's rich. Let's yeah. see. He's rich. And he makes a bet with another rich guy that he can survive on the streets for 30 days oh, or something. Boy, I was way off and, then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's so, and of course in the process, he learns that, that, uh, you know, even, even though he doesn't have something, he had, he has better friends and, uh, you know, Leslie Ann Warren plays his love interest and, you know, his, his life is better when he's poor. Of ah, course. Yeah, of course. Total bullshit, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, you know. But it it helps helps to make him see um, how rich he is in other ways, not necessarily financially. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, so you know, it's yeah. it, it's a nice message, right? You know. Sure. Even though it's not the best movie he ever made by any means. No. I, I liked it better. I, I I really thought it was awful the first time I saw it, and then, and it is. But then I watched it again <laughs> later, and, you know, sometimes when you watch a movie and you know it's a piece of shit, and then you watch it, and you're like, eh, it's not as bad as I remember to be. You know, it's kind of like that. It's like, eh, when you go into it knowing it's a piece of shit, you're like, eh, there's some good things in here. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny when um, Spaceballs came out, how people were – panning it saying well this movie came out about 10 years too late as a spoof right. to uh star wars of course now you know with all the it's considered a classic a masterpiece right with all the you know the the new star wars movies that have come out and then the re-release of all the the older ones and, and remastering of the older ones it fits perfectly within the uh, unofficial canon right and there was a there was a rumor going around that he was going to do a sequel to Spaceballs. I think I remember oh. hearing those rumors, but whatever happened there. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's still an ongoing thing or not. Uh -huh. He's getting up. I mean, Mel, I mean, he's still, you know, he's still yeah. sharp as a tack and and uh, really interesting guy. But I mean, Mel yeah. Brooks is in his 70s. Um, he's probably well, in his. So he's probably in his eighties, even. In his eighties, maybe even, yeah. Um, but so is Woody Allen, old, like you know well, that age, and Willie. Woody still makes a lot of good movies, so that's true. You, so, you just don't know. Well, let's hope Mel's got one one more good one left in him. Unless that would be awesome. Yeah, unless he's just completely retired. Yeah, Which, I, yeah, but I think he wanted to make the sequel. Okay, well. Hey, if you know if he doesn't take a, a a super active role in it, maybe he'll at least be like the executive producer or something. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe and involved in, in some of the writing as well. Certainly possible. I'll yeah. have to get online and see what rumors I can find later on. Okay, I'm looking at Mel Brooks because I'm so curious about his age. Okay. Wow. Speaking of age, I, I should have brought my reading glasses. God, he's ninety. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. No he was idea. born in 1926. 1926. Yeah. Jesus. Damn. We should all. Yeah, we should all be so lucky to be still that sharp at that age. Yeah. He's amazing. Yep. At, at I least have to go get a drink. Okay. Do that. Okay. Let me go get a drink. Okay. I don't have a. I don't have an intro planned. I just. Re uh, can you get me a glass of lemonade? I I don't want none of that country chime shit. 
I want fresh squeezed lemonade. Country time. Country time. Tastes like that good old-fashioned chemical brew. Mm, yeah. Country time. Country time. The lemonade store. <laughs> Tastes mm. like that good old-fashioned piss in a bucket. It's yeller anyway. I tell you what. That should be their lo- their slogan. Country time. Well, <laughs> it's yeller anyway. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I yeah. think it says it all. We need to write in when they when they decide to uh, ramp up their advertising campaign. All right. When they decide to sponsor the show. Oh, that would be nice. Hey, I'll I'll change my tune yeah. about country time. <laughs> uh, we're not sellouts. I will. I won't drink it, but I'll change my tune at least. <laughs> Keeping podcasts weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas. The city that brought you Stevie Ray Vaughan, Richard Linklater, South by Southwest, the Texas Longhorns, Lance Armstrong, Ain't It Cool News, the Salt Lick, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats. It is a slippery slope. The podcast with the dazed and confused Mark Browner and Lodger. Yes, hello. This Mark is Mark. Turner. Hey. How are you? <laughs> What's going on, man? Ah, good, good. Hey, could you do that intro again once more with feeling? Just was kidding. It, was there no feeling? No, was I'm there no kidding. feeling in that? <laughs> no, it was good. I'm just giving you shit for no apparent reason. <laughs> because I'm... Why do I got to shit on everything? Why you got to shit on everything, Mark Browner? You hey, know, I'm... you hear that sound? That was the sound of another dime falling into my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah that was a good uh, callback better, th- better than what i thought you were gonna say i was thought you were gonna say that's the sound of another piece of shit falling out of my hand <laughs> i'm like oh that that's not the, that's not the uh immediate impression we want to give a first time listener no no not at all not at all <laughs> oh mm. uh. Yes. I had a I had a interesting week, Mark Browner. I did a lot of stuff, watched a lot of TV shows. Yeah, you also uh, went and saw some live music too, didn't you? I did. I fangirled. I Ooh. I uh I fangirled the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I do tell. I, you know, you know, I I think there's a point when you're a young person if you really love an artist you know, mm-hmm. it's well, you know, things are different now than they were when we were kids. But, you know, yeah. like when I was a kid, the thought of maybe seeing an artist I really love and like following him from city to city like people do did with the Grateful Dead and Fish right. and other bands. You know, that's that's kind of like a dream. Like, wow, wouldn't it be great to, you know, go see several shows on this tour? And so when uh, Troy Sivan announced a tour that was coming to, to Austin and Houston and Dallas. Dallas, yeah. I really thought about going to all three shows. Oh, but in, but I I was wise and I only because I'm not 21 anymore. Okay, <laughs> I only I only did two. 
Wow. So I did I did Austin and Houston. Still, that's pretty awesome. Hmm. It was fun. I had a really good time. So I so I took my nephew and his boyfriend. So yeah. because his boyfriend my my nephew doesn't really like Troy and it breaks my heart to a oh, certain really? degree. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I mean, he just hmm. is not into it. he you know, he's he thinks he's okay, but he's just not into it really. And okay. I don't know why. I don't know how you could not be into Troy if you're a young gay person because well. Troy is so such a great spokesperson for the LGBTQ community, and he, hmm. he does so many things for LGBTQ youth, and they even had stuff at the shows, you know, booths and stuff set up, and, and a portion of the proceeds of all his shows went to, to a, a particular charity that escapes wow. me right now. Hmm. But, I mean, he, he's a real, you know, and, and even on the stage, he talked a little bit about, you know, coming out and his, and, you know, and how he wants to help other kids and all this stuff. I don't know. Wow. I, and his music's am amazing. I love his freaking music. Um, so it's like my nephew, my nephew's boyfriend loves Troy Sivan as much as I do. We, okay. we fan, we fangirled uh, at both shows, but, but my nephew just kind of stood there and, and <laughs> well, and just tell me, it. tell me this lodger, what kind of music does your nephew like to listen to? Well, he likes many similar things. It's funny because uh, I, one of the things I wanted to mention this week was, you know, Lady Gaga's new album came out, okay. and my nephew lo loves her. Ah. And he played when when we were driving from Houston to uh, from Austin to Houston. He played her new CD for me, which is called Joanne. Mm -hmm. And I was like, eh, eh, okay, it's okay. Well, you just I have different you just have different musical styles from each other, apparently, and you know. No! Because that's not true, because from the time he was a teenager, we like the same like Mates of State is Mates of States is a band. Mates of State right. is a band that that him and I love that I kind of turned him on to when he was about, I think, about 15. Mm -hmm. And we went to shows together here in Austin. Uh, and and, you know, we've we've got so much musical taste in common. Right. It just kills me that he well. doesn't like Troy. Yeah, it, you know, it breaks my heart. Lodger, he's he's I mean, growing up. He's growing up. He's he's his own boy, I guess. Right. He likes this. He tried to turn me on to this other band, and actually, I kind of like them, but not as much. Nowhere near as much as Troy. There's yeah. a band also uh, with a uh, lead singer uh, uh, that has come out as gay, and that band is called Years and Years, and they're pretty good. But they do more dance club type music, where Troy's is more. His, Troy does electropop, but it's his is almost like singer songwriter. His is right. much more personal and and more ballad driven and song driven. It's not dance driven like years yeah. and years music is. He, he's a um, he's a crooner, to use an archaic term. He, I, well, I mean, he kind of is. I mean, his voice is amazing. Um, I mean, the guy who sings for years and years has a great voice too. It. I don't know. There's just some, and I don't. You know. You know. It tastes. Tastes are personal and tastes are tastes. And right. uh, I don't I don't know what it is about Troy, you know, that he doesn't that just doesn't flip a switch for him like it does for me and his mm -hmm. boyfriend. But it is what it is. Right. Because to me, that that when we were in the show at Houston, the second night I was I was sitting there and Troy does a song called Heaven. And the song called Heaven is about um him him being 15 years old and and Troy's Jewish but he's not particularly religious but the song is about a young teenage gay person 
thinking about God and how people say that God is against gay people and thinking I'm going to cry and hmm. thinking about how how is he going to if he's gay, how, how does he get to heaven? How you know, because wow. everyone says that you don't. And hmm. it's a really emotional and it's a thing that I think 99 percent of gay youth thinks about. Wow. You know, how how can you be gay and have spirituality when the whole world says God hates gays, although things are changing? Yeah. But it's a beautiful song. and It's one of my favorite songs on the record. And when he did it in Houston, and I was just thinking, here I am seeing him two nights in a row, which is like a dream. Yeah. And I adore him so much. And I'm there with my nephew. And it's like, after I die, my nephew can have these wonderful memories of when him and his uncle went and saw Troy two nights in a row. Right. And he doesn't really even care. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> you know, I was getting all teary eyed <laughs> thinking about it, uh, you know, because it's really awesome when you're gay to have a gay nephew. I mean, that's the yeah. greatest thing in the world. Right. And, um, you know, so I anyway, regardless of all of that, I mm -hmm. I really enjoyed myself. Um, and, and even though there were problems in, in both places, um, yeah. which I want to bitch about one of them, uh, when we went to Houston, Okay, so wait. First night, tell me this: which yeah, which show was first, the Austin show or the Houston show? Austin. The Austin show was first. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Austin show was at the Moody Moody Center, the ACL Theater. Okay. Good. Good. It's a that's a and good. And so for that, that's a nice venue. Yeah, it's a great venue, and, and it was a great show and perfect. the The thing that sucked about that show, and I'm trying not to be bitter about it, because I know my nephew listens to this podcast, and I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be an asshole. But okay. I, you know, we I I bought these tickets in May. We planned everything. I planned all of this four months ago, but my nephew had to work. He's working in San Antonio right now, and he had to work until 5.30, 5 o'clock on the day of the show and then drive to Austin. Well, we I paid for VIP tickets for all of us, nice. which were like $160 a piece. Wow. And really all you got for the VIP tickets, the main thing you got was you got into the venue early. And they – him and his boyfriend didn't get here until uh, the show started. Oh, no. With the opening act. So yeah, you, with the so opening you, act. So you lost the benefit of the uh, the VIP ticket. Well, I was able to get in early, although I was also, uh, you know, a 50-year-old man standing there with a bunch of teenage girls waiting <laughs> for Troy to come on were for you, two hours. Were you standing on the floor or were you in uh, assigned seating? With the VIP tickets, all you could get was floor. So we had oh. floor tickets. Okay. But I and I and I don't I can't stand in the you know all the other kids that got in early on VIP tickets were standing at the front of the stage, you of know, course. at five thirty oh. at the front of the stage at the middle of the stage. I can't do that. I've got to pee. I've got to. Uh, mm. The great thing was at the Troy shows, the bars were never busy because it was all teenagers and their parents. Yay. So, I, so we, <laughs> you could get a drink in a second at both venues. Okay, that's um, awesome. Yes. Yeah, that was that was great. And so I even I, I met a couple of the kids that were standing around and I, I was like, I said to one of them, uh, I'd really like to go get a drink, but I'm afraid of losing my place in this nice girl, little girl, probably 15 said, I'll save your place for you. And I'm like, Oh, thank Aww. you. So I went and got a drink. It came. I said, you want a bottled water or anything? And she's like, No, I'm fine. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So that, that was really sweet. <laughs> yeah, but, very um, nice. And, so. 
so we had good, you know, we had a good viewing area. And when uh, my nephew and his boyfriend came, there was no, they could come up right to where I was. Mm-hmm. I was at the very edge of this, the, you know, they had like a railing that went in front of the stage and I was at the very far right of it. Okay. And I had a great view. I could see Troy really easily. Hmm. And, it, you know, when all was said and done, it was a great show. I had a great time. Awesome. Uh, it was really cool to kind of spend that whole four hours, four and a half hours there from the beginning wow four and a half hours yeah because you know the doors open for people with vip at 5 30 yeah and then they let the regular people in right. <laughs> at six mm-hmm. at six o'clock okay and then the show's the opening act went on at seven troy went on at eight okay who's and, the opening act uh, opening act was someone named astrid s she's astrid a new norwegian yeah she's a norwegian mm pop singer, electronic, kind of an electronica act. She's really good, actually. I liked her, too. She she was uh, interesting. Okay. Uh, uh, but, um, so, yeah, Troy went, she came on at 7.30, got off at 8, then they changed, you know, they changed the stage setup, and then Troy came on about yeah. 8.30. And, of course, both of these, this was a Sunday and Monday night, so they're school nights, so the kids had, the show ended at, like, 9.45. Kids got to go to school tomorrow. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So cool. So anyway, in Houston, we saw we went to a place called the Revention Center, which is the stupidest name for a place I've ever. I don't know what that means. Hmm. It's downtown near the uh, near the um, arts district, not the arts district, the uh, theater district in Houston, uh, the downtown area. Okay. And we had seats that said general admission, but they also had seat numbers. So okay. I thought we had seats. Right. So we didn't even bother getting to the venue till about 7.30. It was the same thing. Going to oh. Astrid S at 7.30, Troy at 8.30. We didn't even bother getting to the venue, into, and we took Uber, which oh. is awesome. Right. Um, I, I'm mad at myself for voting against Uber in Austin. I apologize to oh. Austin. Really? I realize I made a mistake. Yeah. I did. I think a lot of people did, feel that way. I was I was upset with the way I mean Uber did a did themselves no benefit the way they handled things here and that's true advertised things right. they they were, they were kind of heavy handed in the, in the way they uh, uh, dealt with the situation that's true yeah yeah I don't know if I mean I don't want to go into a lot of backstory but Uber and Lyft were in Austin and Austin had some rules that they wanted Uber and Lyft to abide by yeah. and Uber and Lyft said no the rules we're we're using right now are fine and they put it up to a vote for the citizens who should control how Uber and Lyft operate here the city or Uber and Lyft and of course people overwhelmingly voted let the city should have control over what they do here yeah. um to put it simply to put to put it simply um and yes. so the, when they did that uber and lyft left austin the very next day right um and so when i go to houston and visit my nephew he lives in the montrose so anytime we go to a club or anything we just uber and you know it's a few dollars to 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 take an uber from his apartment to a, cl- a club yeah. or a bar but you don't have to worry about someone driving drunk. You you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about parking. Parking is a nightmare like it is in Austin. And so the same thing when we went to the Revention Center. We just took a Uber, and we didn't have to worry about parking or, or getting there early and figuring it out or anything. Uber dropped us off, and boom, we were at the front of the venue. It was awesome. Right. It's so um, convenient, and it's so much cheaper than a, taking a cab. 
Yeah, just super easy to do. When we went to Pittsburgh and Cleveland this summer, we used Uber a couple nights when we went out drinking just just, you know, so we didn't drink and drive and so and again parking, not not living there, we weren't sure where to park to at certain places. So we yeah. just, you know, it, it was easy uh, anyway. I, yeah. I if they bring it back I, to Austin, I will uh support it wholeheartedly. <laughs> okay. Um but um we went so we get to the Revention Center. It's like 730. Astrid S is, you know, I, I she's doing the first song in her set that we recognize from the night before. Okay. And uh, we go in and we we get to uh, we go to where we are to where you check in, you know, or whatever. And we show the usher our tickets and. She's like, okay, come in, and it's just a throng of people standing on the floor. Even though my ticket said I had general admission and there were seat numbers, there were no oh, seats. Okay, it was, sta- was, it was I, standing room only. Well, it was it was you bought a general admission ticket. We just put seat numbers on there. So I sent an email to the Revention Center today because I was so pissed about it, right. and they were like, oh, that that just helps us keep track of of how many tickets we've sold. And oh. I'm like. That's not the way it's supposed to work. And uh, mm-hmm. so I would say, you know, buyer beware, the Revention Center in Houston, it's a little small place. It's smaller than the Moody uh, Theater. Okay. Um, I, yeah. I don't know if they do that at all their shows, but I, I'm pissed about it. I am super angry. Right. That I, well, because because sure. you're anticipating one, one thing, thing and it turned out to be something completely different. Right. And so yeah. For one thing, if I'd known we had general admission and it was going to be like that, we would have uh, tried to get there earlier to be at least a little closer. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you know, and that was frustrating. So uh, right. that 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 made me very angry. Okay. Um. But the show was good. But then, but then Troy came on and I felt better. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he 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 puts on a very good show. I mean, it's you know, it there there's nothing particularly special about it i mean mm-hmm. he has some visuals and some different things and um and he basically did the same show each night um okay. although he did one one song in houston that he didn't do in austin uh, okay. one of my favorite songs um but um you know it, it was basically the same show but he you know he's certain i mean he sings i mean he has like keyboard players and a guitar player and a mm-hmm. drummer and you know his voice is amazing he's not one of those guys that has to have it all uh, um, auto-tuned or anything like that and um good uh so yeah it's just so i really loved the shows the shows were great it, yeah. I, I was glad that that we'd got to do that i got so that made it even better for where where i in austin where i had to stand around for two hours waiting to, for him to come on mm-hmm. um because i had a great line of sight to see him play Right. Yeah. And and so I felt even better about the fact that I got had to wait forever on the first night in Austin to to go in the venue. Mm-hmm. You know that I got there early and got in in a good spot and all that stuff. I felt much better that I did that because if I had said in Austin, ah, oh, fuck it, you know, we've got seats in Houston. I'll have a better view tomorrow night. We'll just go in Austin and not worry about being close to the stage. Uh, okay. I would have been super pissed <laughs> when I yeah, got to Houston right. and I had no seats. Exactly. So, did you uh, purchase any uh, souvenirs for yourself? Well, in Austin, part of the VIP thing we got was a couple things. We got a water bottle and uh, 
a VIP lanyard and okay. uh, a, a, a bag that said choice of on suburbia tour. Um, so we, um, then when we got, so my, my nephew's boyfriend, Tony, he wanted to buy a, a choice of on a hat and we didn't wait in line in Austin cause there was a long line at the merch table. And he was like, Oh, I'll just get one tomorrow night in Houston. Well, of course we get to Houston sold out, sold oh. out of the hats. Oh. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's just all those little things. Right. Sometimes you're better just to when you're thinking about it to go ahead and do it. Never think that just, oh, I can do it later. No problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. We should have done it, but I. You know, it's just one of those things that happened, and we were like, eh, we can go online probably and buy one. So well, that's I don't true. know if we'll do that or not, but I don't <laughs> okay. know if we'll do that or not. But yeah. anyway, all right. So that was my choice of on fangirl uh, groupie. Uh, following the band around Texas <laughs> sort experience. Of, right, yeah. Okay, Some, yeah, I so, know. That's awesome. Something everyone should do, I think. I think if you, you know, I think if there's someone you really like and you can do that. And we were talking, too, when 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 uh, we were driving home, me and my nephew, because uh, I brought him back to Austin. His boyfriend's in Houston right now. Brought him back to Austin so he could drive back to San Antonio to go back to work. Um we were talking about how maybe it would be better to do it, like do the show in Austin and then two or three weeks from now fly out somewhere and see him in some other city. Because wow. doing two days in a row was hard, was hard, you know. Yeah. We, we, had, we, we, he, we had to take off time from work. He had to – we had to drive from Austin to Houston and then back in uh, the next day. And right. it was just – it was quite a bit to do at one time, so – yeah, I can see that. Uh, yeah, it's it seems like nowadays it, it it's got to be a lot harder to follow a band around the country because well, first off, ticket prices are a whole lot higher than they were back when people were following the Grateful Dead around when a ticket to see them right. was probably $3. So, <laughs> probably not everybody could do that, but uh that's good that you're able to do that and to, you know, to well, that, uh, to have your your, your that, nephew and his, his boyfriend. So, Awesome. You're you're a good uncle. You're a great uncle. Ah, thanks. Well, I think that's part of it, too. You know, now I'm at a point in my life where I can afford to do something like that, you know, whereas when I was younger, you know, I could barely afford a concert ticket. Yeah. One ticket, let alone, you know, two nights in a row going to see someone and plus driving in gas and having a car that would get you there and all those things when you're young that you sometimes don't have. So, yeah. So, so yeah, it was a, a neat experience. Mm-hmm. If we could, I guess the next time we're gonna have to do two nights in a row seeing Gaga, though. Otherwise, my nephew's not gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, sounds. You know, I sounds, like Gaga. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I was. I was just gonna say I like Gaga, but I. I'm just not. This new album is kind of basic. It's. I need to listen to it a few more times. There were a couple songs that I really liked, but okay. people are kind of losing their shit over it. But they do over every Gaga album. They and, go. Uh, they go Gaga over Gaga. They go 
Gaga for Gaga. Okay. And I and and, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure I, once if I bought the album and listened to it a few times, I would probably get hooked. Up. There's definitely two or three songs that I liked on it. I just it just seems like it's not I, like, you know, some of her other albums. There were songs that you're like, oh, this is a great song. It's really complex. There's a lot going on, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. born this way. And the whole art yeah. pop album I really loved. Um but this new album, I'm, I think I think it's one of those ones that you have to listen to a few times, uh, or some people will before they get into it uh, heavily. Um, All right. And I heard I I read someone online saying something about uh, you know the the artists that people truly love are artists that every album is different, like Bowie and some other artists who constantly yeah. change. Right. And she definitely mm-hmm. does that. Well, that's good. It's not trotting out you the know. same sound album after album, so you have to appreciate right, that you know. on some level, right? Right, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, people, uh, I'm sure they're, I, I, I often wonder, you know, I got into Bowie around 77. He'd already changed two or three times by that point. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I wonder if I had been a little older and got into Bowie during the glam years and then Young Americans came out, if I would have lost my shit and thought this is just absolute crap <laughs> or whether I would have, you know, because it was a, that know. was really one of the big changes that he made. Yeah. And yeah, I just wonder what, if I'd have experienced it chronologically, if I'd, uh, what I would have thought, mm, you know, yeah. what was, what was kind of cool coming in, at 77 and then getting into his back catalog was there were all these different things. I already knew I liked him. I already had heard young Americans and I had heard golden years. And, uh, so it was, it it wasn't so, you know, it wasn't so hard for me to process that this guy had done a, a ton of different kinds of music. And there was a lot of things written about that already. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think I actually got into Bowie until he, uh, God, what was the uh, album? Uh, what was it? It was like in 83. I mean, Let's I, Dance? Yeah, the Let's Dance album, which is not probably not a great album to necessarily jump into the Bowie experience, according to, well, you know, people who are big fans of Bowie. I know, I know you're not a big fan of the Let's Dance album. But uh, I mean, there's songs I like on it, and it, I understand. I mean, I get it in his in his chrono, you know, in his canon of of records, in his, you know, I, I get it. Um, but yeah. yeah, not you know, but that stance especially is one of my least favorites. Right, it's so long. Okay, and, and boring. <laughs> that was a preface to my next statement, which was yes, it then made me interested in wanting to explore his back catalog, which right. Once I did, then I was like, "Oh, this stuff is, yeah, so so much better," or at like right. at least, you know, on on some level, you know, are are, some, are, yeah, are uh, so different. So many different things. Well, that was the other. That was the two things about it. You know, of course, I I came into it a little earlier than you. Yeah. But you know, when you come into to Bowie midstream like that, mm-hmm. then you not only get into what he's doing right now. Uh, what what he did before, but also all those things that influenced all the the changes. You know, yeah. when you get into when I got into Heroes and started reading a lot of rock magazines and stuff about it, and then you start reading about um people like Eno and um 
uh, new and other bands and then uh yeah. you know different glam bands when you start listening to Ziggy and stuff and then you're finding out about Slade and Sweet and T-Rex and and it just opened your mind to all these different genres of music and different uh acts oh, that's, that's one true. of the things i love yeah yeah one of the a- things i love about music is that it it um there, the, there are so many things that it, it tangents off down slippery slopes to all these <laughs> other things that it gets you involved in. Yeah. Now, when I said that I, you know, I first got into Bowie when it, Let's Dance came out, that's not to say I hadn't heard lots of Bowie songs on, you know, top forty radio from the, you know, the early seventies on, because I had an older sister who was always listening to top forty, and and Bowie was was, you know, interspersed in there for, you know almost all of the 70s before I actually started listening to him so right you know so I so I knew I knew you know uh, uh, golden years and uh, and even uh, space oddity I mean actually that was probably right. one, of, one of my favorite songs before I even you know knew who Bowie was or even cared so you know it's weird how that works you know you've you've got these little yeah. you've got these little smatterings of things but you've never necessarily latched onto it until later on and then you really come to appreciate it which I I did and you know in later years Right right I mean yeah that that's always cool Yeah <laughs> that's always yeah. one of the neat things Mhm and there are a lot of bands like that in my life you know so uh, Well that's what you know I was just thinking about I always think about like um uh, Lori Anderson is one of one of my favorite artists, and she uh-huh. uh, put out some records. And I I just got into her by accident. I saw one of the records and and picked it up. I think really cheaply somewhere. And then um, Big Science, her first record. And then um, another album came out called Mr. Heartbreak, and she had William Burroughs narrate some stuff. He kind of sang one of the songs on the album, and I'm like, who's William Burroughs? Oh, wow. And of course. You know, then you get into Burroughs, then you get into uh, Allen Ginsberg and and uh, the whole beat thing and Kerouac and all that, which I had heard of Kerouac and I had yeah. heard of Allen Ginsberg. But I really kind of got into them when when William S. Burroughs was on a Laurie Anderson record that just opened me up to find out more about him. I, I can't imagine him singing. It, it He really doesn't sing. He kind of narrates a song. Okay, it's in his in his nasally whiny kind of voice, it's really it's really right. actually very good. Okay, um, yeah. sun, sun's going down like a big bald head. Right, um, but I guess but yeah, it was just one of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, beat poets in their own in their own right uh, had a lyrical quality to the cadence of their poetry. Right, yeah, definitely. You know, they used to on cable access here in Austin. They used to show. Uh, uh, this thing where William S. Burroughs was reading some of his own writing, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the Dr. Benway stuff. Um, he, I think he had done that in Austin somewhere in the 80s or 90s, and somebody recorded it. Yeah. And they played it on cable access all the time. Every week you yeah, would come I, across it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I, I, I saw it, um, yeah. gosh, when – I mm-hmm. Back in the day when we were doing uh, – well, yeah, even before, yeah, probably more like the mid '90s or so when I first got exposed to uh, uh, Austin Cable Access. So yeah, yeah, um, I you know I you know when we did Lube TV, 
Um, I would watch a lot of cable access back in the day to oh, see other yeah. shows, of course, to see what they did, and and that would be on at least once a week. Okay. Hey, that that also reminded me. Uh, I did get the you know this week they released the um, Lazarus cast album, which is the the musical Bowie was doing when he passed away. Oh, um, that was okay. that playing in New York, and now I believe it's playing somewhere else. Okay. But I I did not realize that they used all Bowie songs in the in the uh in the in the show. It's a musical okay. and they actually sing Bowie songs. He's he's written four songs, four or five songs for it and then they also use heroes and and some other tunes in it. Oh. Um so they put out a cast album um of um, like Michael C. Hall is the guy who played the main character in New York, and he and hmm. uh, so he sings and he sings like Lazarus, which was uh, on Bowie's Black Star album. Right. Um, and then the cast recording had a second CD that had the songs from the show that Bowie had written specifically for the show, the new songs uh, recorded by Bowie. So they're kind of like some of the last Bowie studio work. Um, okay. Huh. And uh, uh, you know, I I I'm, I wasn't particular. They seem like uh, leftover songs. I really didn't think they're that great, oh, but really? it's still cool. It, you know, new Bowie's new Bowie. So, um, true. Yeah, they're they're definitely more in line with the Black Star kind of uh, songs. They're a okay. little more jazzy and and erratic and. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Anyway. Well, it's like, yeah, just some thematic continuity with, with Lazarus for sure. Or the, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. The black, I mean, with and black I, star with black star. Yeah. And I, you know, and I liked black star. I think black star is a great record. Um, it's not, it's just not one of those records you're going to put on every day. Um, but no. it certainly was super interesting. Uh, yeah. and Lazarus, Lazarus is a song that I think is one of his best songs, I mean, I would put that in, you know, like that's probably in my top ten Bowie songs of all time. Wow, that song is a be- is a beautiful song. It's it's mm-hmm. very, uh, yeah. His version his version of it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, I really I really dig that. But you don't but like the other three or four. You don't you don't like the cast version though. It's okay. It's just not Bowie. I mean, well, right. To me, I mean, it's like there yeah. are very few covers of Bowie songs that are better than the original. There are a few out there, yeah. um, and I would I would have to think long and hard about uh, exactly which ones. But there are some covers out there that are I love. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, Bowie, you can't be Bowie being Bowie. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, uh, Nina of uh, Girl in a Coma does some covers of some Bowie songs and she's really pretty awesome doing them. Mm, cool. I wish I could tell you which one they were, but uh, I'll have to look that up. Yeah. I mean, you know, every time a Bowie tribute come album comes out, I buy it. Um, and must, there uh-huh. must be 30 or 40 of them of which I probably have 10. Um, and then of course, just random things that, that, uh, covers that people have done here and there. Um, I can always remember the ones that I – well, I shouldn't even say that. I'm, I'm just thinking about one that I love because it's just so bad is is Barbara Streisand doing Life on Mars. It's really awful. Um, but, it, you know – Whose version? 
Barbara Streisand. Oh, yeah, that's that doesn't sound very good. <laughs> oh, you know what? It's not the lead singer. It is because the, it's Barbara Streisand. I think that's the song that the lead singer of Girl in a Coma does the cover of. Now that you mention mm-hmm. it, yeah, and she does a fine yeah. job of it. Great, yeah. Well, it's a yeah, it's a fantastic song, of course. Right. So when you got awesome source material, you know, you you have to work hard to fuck it up. Well, yeah, although people do. Yeah. Um, I was just, I'm trying to think. There is a there is a cover of one of the low instrumentals, and it might be A New Career in a New Town on one of the tribute albums, and I can't even remember who it's by now. That is, uh, I'll have to post it on Facebook later. That is one of my favorite covers where they took the song and did something completely different with it. Um Ooh, it's just like there's that uh, there's that song where they sample uh, "Memory of a Free Festival" when it's a kind of a a dance electronic uh, song where it's just they just sample "Sun Machine is coming down and we're gonna have a party" mm-hmm. and it plays over and over and you know by Dario I think is the name of the artist that did that Dario um, Argento No, I didn't think so. <laughs> No, that's an Italian uh, horror filmmaker, so forget I even right. said that. I'm going to edit that out. Well, no, no, don't edit that out because that's <laughs> going to lead us into our next topic, which is movies. Oh. I told myself I would keep the show moving tonight, that I wouldn't just ramble on and on about shit that I, because I had a lot <laughs> I wanted to talk about. And I would just keep the show flowing and moving, and of course, we've rambled about Bowie for about I 20 know. minutes now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we've almost got an hour's worth of material here. <laughs> Okay, so let's. I got a lot of stuff I want to hit on, so let's let's do okay. this. Since we um, mentioned Dario Argento, which I think uh, uh, did Italian horror films, uh, as did uh, Lucio Fulci, did a, a a horror film called Zombie, that might lead us into The Walking Dead. You want to talk about that? Oh well, I was going to talk about movies, but we can jump to the Walking oh, Dead. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You so you uh, you actually had purchased a bunch of uh, DVDs recently. Yeah, so I I uh, saw you know how Facebook is it'll pop up something and actually and one out of a gazillion things that are on there is something that actually is like ooh what's this so um, I I hadn't followed Criterion Collection online but they popped up on my Facebook feed just the same and they were having a flash sale half fifty percent off DVDs so I was like okay let's really is it really fifty percent off let's check this out so sure <laughs> enough it was nice. so there. So I bought 11 DVDs. Um, yes. Um, and of those... You posted them on Snapchat. I did. And of those, four were movies that I had seen before, but the other seven were movies that I had not. Oh. Um, so um, so this week I watched two of them that I had never seen before. Oh, One okay. of them was my, my, my Beautiful Laundrette. Have you ever seen that movie? Um, maybe like when it first came out and it was on HBO, but I couldn't tell you what the hell it is. So um, all, I, to, all, I, all I knew was that there was some, some kind of gay content in it. Yes. Um, uh, and um, so in watching it, of course, it's uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is in it, and he's super young. I mean, this is before My Left Foot. Um, right. so he's, I mean, he's probably 2021. 20, mm-hmm. Um, and he is, he is, uh, he's kind of a, a guy who's just a, a, not a thug, but you know, like a, a, a street a tough guy that just, 
Yes, there you go. And um, he has this friend who is uh, uh, Hindi, and uh, this Hindi friend opens a oh, laundrette. Yes. And he helps him with it. And, you know, all of a sudden in one scene they're kissing, and you're like, if I did not know that there was going to be some kind of gay content in this movie, if I was just watching it randomly, uh, you wouldn't expect that kiss until it happens. <laughs> it's like when it when it starts to happen, you're like, oh, they're going to kiss. And then they, they do. And I was just like, wow, that must have been really interesting for people who just watched the movie randomly when it came out because uh-huh. you kind of don't see it coming. You know, it, it's a whole it's there's a whole nother dimension into the movie that that already has a lot of other plot stuff going on in it. Yeah. And um, it, it's just kind of this interesting Surprise, kind of like the surprise in the crying game, I guess, where, you know, Uh, all of a sudden this whole movie that you've thought about being about one thing is about that thing. And also this over here. Right. (laughs) So it's like the the threads start spreading out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really and the the other thing not to get not to do a callback to Bowie, but the other thing I've realized was the person who wrote the um, soundtrack, not the soundtrack, the person who wrote the screenplay for that. And I can't think of that person's name. He's a Hindi writer um, uh, is, is the guy who wrote Buddha of Suburbia, which Bowie did a soundtrack for a miniseries of. Oh, that's a. That's a random throw. So Bowie did a soundtrack <laughs> right. for a miniseries, miniseries that they showed, I think, on BBC uh, called The Buddha of Suburbia that's based on a novel. And that novel was written by the same person who wrote the screenplay for My Beautiful Laundrette. And, okay. of course, I don't know that person's name off the top of my head. But right. but um, but well, my, my Beautiful Laundrette is a really cool movie. <laughs> okay. Good. All right. So and then, any, other, any other cool DVDs that you uh, screened? Then the the other one I watched was called this is also gets in this is really interesting. This also gets into the to the thing we were just talking about where you where you follow someone and they and that artist turns you on into in some other person um, like we were talking about with uh, uh, Laurie Anderson kind of turning me on to William S. Burroughs. Yeah. Um, an artist that I really like, a singer that I really like, singer-songwriter, uh, Kate Bush, an amazing female artist, yes. um, has a song called Cloud Bursting that was on The Hounds of Love. And there was a video that had Donald Sutherland in it, and it was just a really weird kind of video with a with a rainmaking machine and her and Donald Sutherland plays Kate Bush's dad and Kate Bush is paying a little boy and the mm-hmm. and the dad gets gets hauled off and all this stuff anyway that whole story is based on a uh, a person called William Reich Wilhelm Reich okay. who was a guy who wrote books and did a bunch of crazy stuff in the 20s and 30s and 40s and even 50s um he hmm. he he left austria he came to america he eventually got put in jail by the food and drug administration he what? had he was a yeah it's a whole this whole story would take two hours to explain and what okay. sucks about it is <laughs> there's no there's no uh great biography a uh, uh, movie of this guy's life, um, Wilhelm Reich. There's Until no now. straight biopic. No, there, oh. no, this isn't either. Oh, There's no okay. straight biopic on this guy's life. To find out about, and when you read on Wikipedia and other stuff, 
it, it's it's all over the place to to figure out what went on with this guy. There's so much. It's such a complex story. Hmm. Is he a cipher? Well, what does that mean? Uh, is he is he hard? He's hard to peg. He's hard to tie down. He's it's hard to find out uh, about his life in total. It, it it is to a certain degree, yeah, okay. yeah. I don't know how much is on the Wikipedia page because there's mm. more to it than just he did more than one thing. He was a writer and he wrote all kinds of different books, but the, the and he made these machines called cloud bursting machines that supposedly made rain, and and he did this thing where he would oh. he he did this yeah. thing where he would like take people. He it was almost like est. Before Est, he would take people and he would do these breathing exercises with them and mm-hmm. and get them to kind of totally break down. It's very 70s, even though it happened in the 50s. It's very, yeah. you know, he would he just all kinds of crazies. He built these machines that supposedly he believed in this energy in the human body called organ energy. And oh he had people build these machines, which mm-hmm. were really boxes that were just lead lined, not lead lined, but tin lined boxes that were almost like little saunas that you supposedly went in and and uh, it collected your organ energy. Huh. Um Okay, but it was also about masturbation and sexuality and teaching women about masturbating and hmm. breathing through oh, just so much craziness that okay. that because uh, he was kind of a free love person and I mean there's just a ton of shit about Wilhelm Reich. There's he's just into so many different things. And he was doing so he was this, doing this kind of stuff in the fifties, right? So of course he got thrown in prison because he was having. He, right. he believed it, he 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 was having he was considered a kook because mm-hmm. he had people build he he was having you know he had places where people would come like a commune and all you know all these things right. and and he was considered a kook and a, a nut and a, cultist uh, and dangerous a cultist kind of thing yeah right so okay. I mean there's the 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 story is huge and and no one has done justice to his life on a biopic that I can find ah, okay. there's there's a movie that was made in 1972 I believe called WR which is his initials Wilhelm Reich the okay. movie is called WR mysteries of the organism hmm. it's by a Serbian filmmaker it's in different languages it was filmed in Ooh. different places it's part story part documentary um uh, jackie curtis who was an a warhol superstar uh is in it for a part of it um they do um uh, documentary footage of wilhelm reich and talk about him a little bit but then there's also this whole political communism storyline uh, based on um Serbians history uh, and modern history in the 70s it's it's a jumbled movie that goes all yeah, over the place it's, that sounds it's, <laughs> pretty complicated and confusing but, it is uh, it doesn't it doesn't clear up anything about Wilhelm Reich it just adds to the mystery oh, okay. but but and so in many ways you're I'm watching it and I'm like this is like an Ed Wood film it's just kind of thrown together willy-nilly uh-huh. but but when you really kind of watch it and and go and go through it and then watch on the on the Criterion Collection, there's a couple interviews with the director, okay. um, and listen to kind of what his thoughts on the film are because the film was banned for 16 years in Serbia. It, it didn't get shown uh, hardly anywhere. It was it didn't get shown in America. 
And it really wasn't until the Criterion Collection put out the DVD that it really kind of got back into mainstream distribution. Wow. And it's called WR? WR, Mysteries of the Organism. Mysteries of the Organism. Yeah. It's kind of a crazy movie. Sounds, anyway, sounds I, cryptic, but uh, also sounds very interesting. So yeah, I might have to uh, yeah might have to uh, borrow your copy, or we have a screening together. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I would I would suggest that anyone with uh, that that uh, is interested in Wilhelm Reich start with the Wikipedia page about him because that will explain his life and his teachings and his philosophies a lot better than hmm. I just have. Well, and um, you gave it a good and, shot. You know. He's I mean, it is because he is all over the place in, in so many things um, wow. that, that it's hard to it's hard to describe what he's all about. And and it would be great if some master filmmaker could make a documentary about his yeah. life that could uh, explain more about him because he's fascinating. I mean, that it's just a fascinating story yeah. because there's so much going on. And he basically dies in prison in 19. I believe in 1960, he died. Guys, a broken man, brokenhearted wow. in prison. Um, just like because uh, he was just also like a, Tesla. A, kind of like yeah. yeah, he was also a because um, he was an inventor. He was a uh, what do you like a therapist, but not a therapist. What what, what was Freud like a? Uh, he was a psychotherapist, you know, or a psych, psych- kind of person. Yeah, yeah, psychiatrist or whatever. Psychiatrist. He was a psychiatrist. And he was also, you know, he was born in Europe. He he went. I believe he left Europe when the Nazis came into power. Uh, the Nazis burned wow. some of his work and and were against him too. And then he comes to America to be to be free, of course, and and explore further his teachings and his philosophies. Yeah. And in America, gets gets thrown in prison and dies in prison, and his work is burnt oh, by man. the Food and Drug Administration of all people. It's that just fascinating. Bizarre. Okay, what I want to know is what the hell is a cloudburst machine? It's something it, – I don't believe it works. It's it's a machine, and there's actually one still around somewhere, and then there are f- facsimiles that have been built in, in, in uh, different places. Um, and it, it somehow – Part of it went into the water because uh, Reich believed that there was organ energy in water, and mm. somehow I think it was supposed to beam that energy into the sky and cause it to rain. But oh. I don't think hmm. I don't think it really worked. Okay. Um, yeah, I was I was imagining like some giant horn that sent uh, op, uh, acoustic shockwaves into the clouds to rattle the rain out of it. I don't know. Well, and that may be kind of what it does. I <laughs> oh, don't know. I, I don't know either. I don't, uh, I don't yeah. know. I haven't read that much about cloudbursting, and that's one thing on the on the Wikipedia page. They they describe it a little bit, but they don't get – it just kind of basically describes it, and you don't get how mm. it's really supposed to work okay. or if anyone ever made made one that was supposed to be a working model or yeah. anything you know well it makes me and, want to to read more and research more about Wilhelm yeah. Reichert Reich R E I C H I believe oh, okay. Wilhelm Reich Wilhelm Reich Yeah Yeah and and um just one other thing is that like the Kate Bush video Donald Sutherland plays Wilhelm Reich although he's mm-hmm. you know it's and then Kate Bush plays his his son although she's a grown woman she plays a little boy in the video and I, that whole video is um, based on a 
book written by Reich's son, hmm. um, whose name is Peter, and the book is called – I believe it's called Book of Dreams, and it's another one of those books that it, you can get it on uh, eBay or whatever for $1,000, If you, but other than wow. that, it's out of print. Huh. Yeah, so, I don't know if it's a thousand dollars, but it's expensive. Well, that's interesting that Kate Bush got Donald Sutherland to do basically a extended music video. Yeah, it's a really uh, cool video too, and hmm. it's one of my favorite songs by her. But of course, that video just makes made you want to find. And you know, uh-huh. that video came out in like eighty six, I think eighty four, five, um, before the internet. So you know. All you, you, it was really hard to find out anything about William Reich. He's uh, probably not in most encyclopedias even. Um, and so – yeah, Somewhere in the back of my mind, I, I think I've, I've seen that video. I have this image of Donald Sutherland on a, a green grassy hillside with one of these cloudburst machines. Is that, yep. is that in there? And then he's in the back of a – He's in the back of a car. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then he's in the back of a car. I have when seen the, that. When the authorities come to get it. Yeah, they used to show it on Night Flight a little bit, too. Oh, that might so, be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably where you saw it. So, wow. yeah, wild. it's it's a really great video. And, I mean, I love Kate Bush, and it's one of her best songs. But it just opened, op- you know, one, when you are a fan of hers and you hear that song and you love that song and you want to know what it's about. Mm-hmm. And then you find out it's about Wilhelm Reich, and then you want to know more about him. And you kind of hit a dead end trying to find out anything about him. Wow. Um, back in the 80s, there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot to be found. You could just find bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. Um, mainly well, in interviews with her when she talked about him. Yeah, because I guess all of his uh, writings were destroyed for the most part. Yeah, although I, the, I think some of his books are now back in print okay. um, yeah. because I think some of them were saved somehow or maybe from other copies that were out in in the world. Sure. Um, but the food – I mean a lot of his papers and unpublished things I think were burnt uh, they they actually burned his writings twice, once in 1957 and once in 1960 in New York City. That's so um, weird. It, yeah, yeah. And it was because he – well, part of it was because I do believe there were some things where they were – there were some they were having kids go into these Oregon machines and and teaching them to masturbate or something i don't know there oh, was some okay. there was there was mm. a slight hint of child uh what's the word i'm looking for child abuse yeah. and then there mm. was a whether that was ever actually true or proven i don't know and then um there then he would also sell these i believe the the blueprints to build one of these organ machines and they were supposed to you know collect this energy and i think it was supposed to be healing so he was kind of like a quack medical guy in, yeah. in the opinion of the food and drug administration oh, okay. and that's right. that's what got him so he you know i i still to this day don't know exactly what he was charged with why he, when yeah. he was put in prison what exactly the charges were so I can't imagine a tin line box could be that dangerous of a device to possess. And hey, right. and that's all what, I- what you do in the privacy of your own tin box is your business. Right. I, and I don't, but I don't know if there was more to it than that. And it, it's another one of those things that it's hard to find out a lot about it because I don't know if there were other, because a lot of them were disassembled and, and torn up um, because it was illegal uh, to have one. Weird. And all kinds. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. So just, I don't. I don't. Yeah. You just uh, picked my curiosity now. Shit. 
Yeah, it's a very interesting story. And I, I wish there was a, you know, I, I've looked at the Wikipedia page and I haven't read it all the way through. I've, 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 I have looked at it several times, but there's probably bits and pieces that I've missed in there kind of scanning it. And, and, um, I wish there was a documentary you could watch about the guy that would, that would easily lay out all these things and, and have a lot of good information in it. But yeah. I don't know if that'll ever happen. So anyway, that's, that's the two DVDs I watched. Okay, cool. Hey, um, and then, Halloween's coming up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you picked out a costume for Halloween? I'm not even sure I'm going out on, on uh, Halloween. Yeah, I Why? Uh, oh, I didn't. I thought we, uh, Sierra and I had invited you to go to a party with us. Maybe we haven't yeah, uh, communicated. Yeah, oh, Okay, we did. Good. No, you guys did. I'm invited to another party as well, and I don't know. I, I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do. Okay. Um. So uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Well, Sierra Sierra's uh, going as a witch, and I'm going as her black cat. <laughs> oh, well, that I, should be fun. Yeah, I think. Oh, I think I might have mentioned that in uh, episode 18. I'm not sure, but uh, did you? I, wow. And, and I'm gonna put, have a twist. I'm gonna have a. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, Put a big orange hand grabbing me in the middle of my chest, so I'll be, hmm. my, I'll, I'll be a grabbed pussy. Ah, <laughs> I get it. I get why the hand is orange. Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> man. You're the second person I mentioned Fun. that to, and they didn't get it at first, and so I'm like, man, well, maybe I won't do that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but sometimes those are the best ones when you yeah. have to think about them. Ah, uh, good point. Yes. Hey, there you go. So, anyway, they're a real thinker, right? So, anyway, <laughs> I digress. We were we were gonna move on to we're gonna move out of movies well, and into TV. Or do you have any other movies that you wanted to discuss? Nope, nope okay. I'm ready to talk. We can start with The Walking Dead, or All we right. can end with The Walking Dead because I got opinions. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. Since since you do, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people do. Let's go ahead and jump into that. Walking Dead, the uh, the season opener, season seven yep. opener. Yeah, we finally yep. found out who Negan killed. And, yep. Uh, have you read some of my Facebook posts? Um, uh, no, I don't think that I have. Oh, okay. Well, let me get it all out here. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's hear what you got. Worst. Oh. Worst episode ever. Oh, Piece really? Piece of shit. Wow. Piece of poorly written, poorly acted, unimportant, uh, what do you call that? Uh, fuck. Um, torture porn. Uh, oh, just disgusting. Well, yeah. Disgusting, disgusting. Just written by someone who doesn't know how to write. The dialogue of Negan is horrible. The guy who plays Negan is so fucking inept at playing that character, it's not even funny. <laughs> wow. But he's playing that character with no fucking – there's nothing in the script to help him. He's written like a one-dimensional, paper-thin piece of shit. And there's nothing for him to play there, and that actor mm. certainly can't add any. Jeffrey Dean, something is his name. Yeah, he 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 can't add anything to it. He's not gifted enough to to bring something to that character because there's nothing there to start with. Oh, I just hate it. I hate it. And people think I hate it because he killed Glenn. No, that's not no. why I hate it. They think I. It's just it's just poorly written crap. Crap. Uh. Crap. Crap. 
Well, you know, the original source material is a comic book, so I mean, ooh. and and if if that was the first episode of a comic, they wouldn't have sold a second one. <laughs> if, if that's based on the, if that's what ha- if that's close to what happens in the comic, it's just it's just shittily written, in my opinion. Yeah. There's nothing there. I thought well, I hated the governor, and I thought uh, I hated who was the other character that was just mean for no reason. Um, uh, Wasn't the, there another the, the the people at Terminus, the leader yeah, of Terminus? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I thought I hated them because they were poorly written and and were mean for no fucking reason. Here's the deal with Negan and the way this guy plays him and the way he's written. Okay. Who in their right fucking mind? Who would follow this guy? This guy would have coups coming up against him night and day. Hmm. You can't you can't make me believe that anyone would follow this guy. Yeah, well, or that he's or that he's smart enough to scare. You know, he's no yeah. Jim Jones and he's no fucking, you know, Fidel Castro or whatever. He's no one's going to follow this guy for long before they all team up against him and beat the fuck out of him until he dies. He's <laughs> well, that might I just I don't that, buy that character for a second. OK, I think I think probably what's what the deal is, is we don't have his backstory yet. We don't know where he came from and who his people are and how he managed to rise to uh, the power that he has now. So maybe once that part is revealed, maybe it'll make some sense. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll just be, you know, the same old shit of, you know, he just happened to rise to power somehow through sheer brute force, which doesn't seem very likely, but, you know, it could happen. I don't know. So It could happen if they had an actor who could make you believe that could happen. <laughs> Would ha- but this actor is not capable of that. Yeah. The guy who plays Negan is not capable of making me believe, no matter how much backstory they write for him and how much they expose of him on the show, of uh, his character as time goes on, there's nothing that can make me believe anyone really? would follow this guy across the street. Wow. I just think the acting is that horrible, and the the okay. script doesn't help him, but he yeah. he's incapable of playing this character. It's god-awful, and anyone who knows anything about acting would agree i think you agree well okay (laughs) on some on some level i agree but i'm I'm gonna withhold judgment for a couple of more episodes to see where they're going with this or if he's just constantly going to be this you know this shitty and grin diabolical personality so you know i'm i'll I'll give it a, a few more episodes to see what what the hell is going on with this guy what's What's inside of his head? Because at this point, all you see is just, you know, pure evil in a, yeah, a shit-eating grin. That's it. Yeah, that that is. He's a, you're exactly right. He's a living shit-eating grin. Um, <laughs> you're, you're willing to give it more. Uh, you know me. I will continue to watch the show because I like pitching about it. Right. But, um, you know, I, really, I did sit this week and go, am I going to keep watching this show? Because uh-huh. there's nothing that makes me want to continue to watch it. After watching that episode, uh, there was nothing that made me go, wow, I can't wait to see what happens next. I don't give a fuck what happens but, next. Uh, because also, the... The producers ha- – I'm sorry to interrupt you. The producers have fucked me over by putting, <laughs> Glenn, under a, uh, by putting Glenn under a dumpster right. and then fucking with my heart where I thought he was dead uh-huh. and then pulling him out alive and then thinking they're oh so clever by killing him three episodes later. Yeah. Fuck you. 
that was fuck that, you right that was completely unnecessary not, not you, the writers no i yeah i get that and uh, so yeah there was no reason for that whole dumpster thing to ever even be in there uh, if ultimately, no. you know, unless they were just trying to fool us into thinking, oh, well, you know, they, they're, you know, they're killing him off now. Oh, no, they're not killing him off now. So, oh, okay, well, since they already teased us with him dying, then they're probably not going to, Negan's probably not going to, he's not going to be Negan's victim. It's going to be somebody else. And, well, then we get right. to this I mean, episode. And, yes, Negan's initial victim was somebody else. And, of course, then, you know, he turns around after Daryl does his little thing, and, and then, of course, Glenn is killed, so, you know. Well, you know, there it is. you know, Mark, it mm. could all be Maggie's fever dream when she's dying <laughs> from being pregnant. Right. And next episode, it could all be in Maggie's mind, and Glenn and Abraham are still alive, and she dies in pregnancy. Who Ooh. knows what these fucking <laughs> shitty producers will do next? No, I—, they, I... <laughs> I still think that— You can only manipulate me so much. <laughs> yeah. I still think that Negan grabbed the baby out of Maggie and, and hit it like a, 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 a peach across the uh, compound. Da, 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 da. <laughs> no, I don't know. Just, but, uh, just a horrible episode. Horrible, horrible, horrible episode. Right. The kind of—in uh, my opinion, this is the—really, epi- this show jumped, jumped the shark when Glenn— crawled out under the dumpster but it really jumped the shark with this episode and then the whole bullshit with carl's arm yeah well that was first off yeah they were trying to do a call back to the comic book where rick lost his hand the governor cut rick's hand off um so they were trying to do uh don't they cut carl's arm off in the comic as well i don't know i don't know about that someone told me that carl gets that the that negan cuts carl's arm off in the comic Oh. But I'm telling you right now, they hmm. already took Carl's eye. If you take his arm, I can't love 75% of Carl. I need most of Carl there for me to continue my love affair with him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with that character. I'm they- not loving a, an, an armless fucking Carl, so watch <laughs> out, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. But I guess also with this episode, you see them pulling, pulling everything back to where it, there's a big reset to where – all the people that are supposed to be dead are dead. As in, right, you know, I, Abraham was supposed to have uh, gotten the arrow in the eye instead of Denise. So he should have been dead already, based upon the comic right. book. And then, of course, well, Gl- that- Glenn was killed by Negan in the comic book. So then that's that score is settled. You know, there's been a correction in the market. So here we are. And uh, so I don't know what's right, going to happen. right. Well, that's the other thing that I thought was shitty was I expected that if you go listen to episode 20, by the way, I call I call Glenn. I said Glenn is the one who's going to die. And I was correct. Yes. And then uh, and then who Abraham or Eugene or well, Eugene, maybe not as much, but Abraham or I think it's Rosita is the girl that yeah, was with Rosita. them. Mm-hmm. Either one of them could died, and I don't think anyone would care. Eugene, right. people do like him. They would care, but nobody yeah. care. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the guy who played Abraham. I didn't dislike that character, but yeah. that character didn't really get developed very well anyway. Michael and Cutlets. No, but Michael Cutlets. Nobody. I'm sorry, but really, when all when all is said and done, <laughs> nobody gives a fuck that that character died. Nobody cares about that character. 
Yeah. Nobody watches that show for that character. Right. That wasn't so, ex- exactly – that wasn't a horrifying death, you know, and he had almost kind of a, a valiant death because he got to say, suck my balls. and, and My fl- nuts, I think. Uh, yeah. Suck my nuts and flashed a peace sign to Sasha. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, yeah, it was just, uh, you know – I, I didn't care. When that happened, I was like, eh, who cares? But I was all, by the time that yeah. we got to that point, I already hated the episode. I mean, the episode yeah. was just torture porn. Just disgusting, sickening. Yeah, it if, was. You know, if you want... If you want to see that shit, you can watch Saw or or some show like right. that. Go watch a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, I I don't you know I don't watch that show to watch people get killed. Yeah, it was, the, and that's not why people yeah. watch the show. It was definitely traumatizing to see you know Glenn's caved in, <clears throat> caved in head with his eye popping out like he was a character yeah. in the Goonies. It was horrifying. Well, but and um, by that point I had stopped watching. I was just listening. Oh, okay. Because I didn't. I don't watch I don't watch that kind of shit. The only thing that helped me overcome that is when they did uh, uh the Talking Dead afterwards and they showed uh uh the actors uh, uh Stephen Yen and uh, Michael Cudlitz uh at, right after they had their makeup applied, their appliances, you know, the special effects appliances and uh uh-huh. it was kind of funny because uh Stephen Yen was like boxing with the camera with his with his bulging eye and that was kind of funny um so it kind of took the sting away so to speak kind of helped you through it yeah right it was like okay yeah you know it's behind the scenes okay yeah it's it's only it's only a fucking tv show it's only special effects i mean but still Art, yeah, art, care. Can, art can affect you on a visceral level. I mean, that's just the way it is. Oh, absolutely. Oh, dude, when Glenn, when I thought Glenn died under the dumpster, I jumped out of my chair. I was yelling, no, you fuckers. You know, I was, I mean, I was, mm-hmm. I was shaken. I was so angry. Oh. I was furious at them killing him. My heart was broken. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I they and you know the next episode he crawls out under the dumpster and it's like gotcha and I'm like no mm-hmm. fuck you you can't you can't play with my emotions anymore I don't care about anyone on this show anymore wow. because why would I why would I care when you're gonna play little pussy games like that with me right. fuck you mm-hmm. okay <laughs> so that was <laughs> whoa you've definitely got opinions so that was I that... Do. so. <laughs> So did did you did you say that that was your your shark shark jumping moment? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was the moment. I'm like, okay, this. I'm I'm kind of done with this show uh-huh. because I, I don't mind. You know, there there's a thing where you can manipulate me as a viewer and right. manipulate my emotions. That's what we expect of TV shows and and movies. Sure. We, we want to ha- we want to have an emotional response to them, mm. but you know. There's manipulation, and then there's you know I don't know what heavy-handed manipulation. There's and and that that was just too too heavy-handed. That was too you know I can just see the producers and writers with being smug about it. Oh, we really got him now. Oh, they'll care so much, and then he'll climb out of the dumpster. Yeah. We'll really pull it over. Um, it's just too manipulative. You, you can only you can only fuck with my emotions. It's like a bad lover, you know. You can only fuck with my emotions for so long before I'm done. Before I'm done with you, you know. And that's kind of where uh, I am with The Walking Dead. You fuck okay. with my emotions too much, yeah. and so now I don't care, you know. I, and um, 
do what you want to do, but I'm out. Right. So, Although I will, I will watch a show. I just yeah, don't care I anymore. It's uh, I don't uh, you know I don't think you're alone. I, I uh, reading all the different articles on Facebook there. I think there are a lot of people that probably have this uh, a similar opinion to yours, and even some people who have just sworn off watching it altogether, but for various reasons, yeah. you know, whatever those yeah. may be. I've read a few of those and I, and I, you know, I will continue to watch it. Cause I, like I say, I do like to watch it and complain about it. And, um, you know, it's, it's definitely one of those things where you talk to people at work about it and it's water mm-hmm. cooler stuff as well. Sure. Um, and I still, I still do care about the, you know, Carol and Daryl and Carl right. and to a certain degree, Rick and, and, uh, some other characters on that show that I really do care about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that I want to see what happens next to them. Yeah. And, and you know, anything's possible. This show can redeem itself. I have sworn off of it several times only to get suckered back in <laughs> to right. it. I swore off of it when the governor was there because I thought mm. that was a shitty, you know, character. But, yeah. you know, by by God, they drug me right back into the story. So yes. they, it's possible they could do it again. Right. That's true. Well, w- one good thing is the, uh, the next episode is going to be lighthearted and it's going to be uh, – uh, Morgan and Carol at, uh, at the kingdom, which we haven't oh, yeah. necessarily seen yet, but uh, I, I think there were some previews to that of them walking through a garden and talking to different people. So we're going to wait and, and see and, what happens there. Yeah, Carol's like in a wheelchair or something. Okay, don't tell me. Okay. <laughs> I well, don't watch uh, the previews. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know like what to that's watch all the about. Previews and no. Wasn't she like? Yeah. Wasn't she like wounded like last season or something? Some yeah, there was something her. with. Mm-hmm. And Morgan came in and saved her somehow, and I think he ended up uh, killing someone to do it. Yes, that's uh, right. Which when we get his beliefs or something. So, mm-hmm. okay. um, it was just it was just funny. I was while we while we were talking, I was just thinking, okay, what could this show do to make me care again? And I'm like, ah, Carl could get a boyfriend. That would make me care. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but and then, anyway, and his boyfriend cuts his arm off. Yeah, and shoves it up his ass. Sadistic sexual. Yeah, (laughs) stop. That's terrible. That's bad. That is bad. There were bad people. We're going to hell. Um, Yeah. All right. Um, Maybe the the other show that we watch is This Is Us, and I'm assuming you watched the most recent one. I did the football episode. The football. That's funny. I called it the pregnancy episode. Well, well, you know, sometimes they call the pregnant belly the football. I don't know. Well, oh, but. that's true. No, that's <laughs> no. You got you got a football in the gridiron. No, that doesn't work. No, bun in that the oven. You don't hear that. The bun no. in the oven is it. Yeah. You got you well, got a you, you got know. a pig skin under your skin. <laughs> Maybe Nobody not. Says that Mark Browner. No, I know. But I'm the trying to invent shit. The um the whole episode was you know I was watching it and I was like okay this is going to be one of those um, not it's not that it's not an important episode but you know sometimes you get to the sixth or seventh episode of the season and Mm -hmm. it's not as an important as you know I thought oh this is one where they're going to kind of coast through some story Uh you know this isn't going to be a big yeah. big storyline kind of thing and then right you know and then it's it's all the things that are going on and then kevin and the uh, actor and william the biological father yeah wow yes. wow wow spending time together with the kids and just their conversations that yeah. whole evening right 
uh, I wrote I wrote down people love Labradors, said the wise owl. Because <laughs> okay, you remember they were talking yeah, about I forgot about that and he said, Hey, you you should do some voiceover work. Yeah, you could be the wise owl. You could be an and then owl like, in a Pixar movie. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. And, and he's like, Hey, I didn't take any offense to that. Right, you're right. And then he there's something about him, you know, Kevin saying, I just always play like the lovable Labrador or something and William is like William says, People love Labradors and then Kevin says, said the wise owl. <laughs> oh, it's just a it. great it's just right. a great moment between them. And then the whole thing at the end of the show when he takes the painting to the two nieces oh. and starts talking about life and how right. life goes on and maybe yeah. someone's not here in the picture but they really are even though the picture ends here yeah. they're really here and just that whole moment with the painting with the two yeah. nieces well i think the wow the, yeah the whole setup to that prior to that you know he kind of talks out of turn talking about death with the little girls and the little girls had never really considered you know death and and that you know that uh, their grandpa was going to die and that you know maybe someday they'll die too and everything and they were really freaked out about that and so yeah that was the impetus for him to come back later on and give him the painting and, and give him that beautiful uh uh monologue to the girls right. about and you know the, yeah. what what this is us does so well i think is that's not a you know that's not a particularly new idea the idea of somebody talking to kids about death and then not being a parent so they don't really know what to say and yeah, saying like, something stupid and mm-hmm. you know we've seen that happen in movies and tv shows before yeah, true. um but it took that kind of typical tv drama moment and turned it into something amazing with the painting right. i mean i will never look that painting was very jackson pollock like and i oh, will never very. look at an Jackson Pollock painting again without yeah. thinking about that moment in that show and True. thinking about what what that painting meant to him. I mean, it made me see that painting in a whole. I love it when somebody takes a, you know, you look at a Pollock painting and you're like, yeah, it's a lot of paint splatters, whatever, okay. Yeah. But you know, when he put it in that context uh, with the, with the story he told or or the, what he told them, mm-hmm. it, it just it just. It just was a revelation. It was so moving and so amazing, so well written. Yeah. And I, I mean, I want to see that. I want to see that scene again because yeah. it was like it was like life affirming and life defining. It was. And it's one of those things that you wish everyone got to see that scene because that scene was amazing. It was. It was beautiful. Yeah, the way he described it to uh, the girls, and you know it. It works with children, but it also worked with us adults watching the show. You know, uh, we yeah, we saw the yeah, beauty of, of of the explanation. And to come from that character, to come from the character of Kevin, who's considered, you know, we all consider him kind of a slight, you know, not particularly yeah. smart or wise character, and for him to say that to those girls, but, oh uh, man, as you know, it but, gives me chills. Since he is an actor, I mean, he. He, he he probably has a, a you know this extra level of sensitivity that he hasn't necessarily completely tapped into and so he he may actually end up being a very good New York stage actor after all well and that's kind of what that moment does as well is it makes you believe you know if we didn't believe before that he could pull off being in the play in New York in the right. esoteric intel- intelligentsia play mm-hmm. in New York 
we believe it now because he because that was a whole revelation about his character yeah. done with him telling a story kind of i mean yeah amazing amazing that show the writing on that show is so good yeah. it's just so amazing and i and i realized too that I, I love and care about almost every – I think every character on that show. I don't think there's a character on that show that I don't care about. You want to know – you want them – you know, you just want to see them succeed, right. and you want to see everything go okay for them. Yes. And it – you know, okay, and so, that's pretty awesome. Right, and we also had a, uh, uh, a mystery solved uh, about Jack, yes. the, the father. Yes. The white Although we father. don't know what happened. No, we don't know how he died. How? But we do know right. he, he indeed has died, and his ashes are on Kate's mantle. Yes, yes. So there's going to be a whole, yeah, whole story to explore there on exactly right. what happened. Yeah. You know, that that's going to be interesting, too. And Kate likes to watch, watch football games with her father's ashes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a special thing for her. Yeah, what a, it's, it's I mean, that sweet. was that was great too. Yeah, that was great too. Her and um, Toby, I think, is the boyfriend character. Yes, it's always interesting seeing their relationship develop. Mm-hmm. Because of course, uh, we're learning about them as they learn about each other, and that's really interesting too. Because they're both so interesting and different and likable. Right. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, and I mean. E- there were lighthearted. There were lighthearted moments where you know Toby really you know wants to watch watch the big game with you know with Kate, but she's you know very hesitant. No, I don't want you to come. But he he ends up you know wrangling his way into it because he doesn't understand why she wants to watch this game, quote unquote, by herself. That was kind of right. Cute. Yeah, and then, and then it all plays out as to why, and then everything is made clear, and it's a very touching moment. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I really I enjoyed that storyline. And then, you know, when the um, when the uh, Randall and his wife go to the hotel and and then there's their whole storyline about her telling him she's pregnant Mm -hmm. again, something you've seen in a thousand other dramas and and sitcoms. True. No, nothing new to that plot point there in particular. But that show just did it the way it's, you know, they just did it right. It's Mm -hmm. like sometimes I'm like, are they doing this thing where they're like, let's take every plot point ever done in a TV show and show and show you how it really should be done to be to be good. (laughs) You might be right. Yeah, let's like let's let's blow up all these uh, uh, formulaic uh, plot points. So they're doing a pretty good job of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's great because you learned a lot about Randall's character. You know, the thing about retiring early and maybe you know he's kind of planning his life, and Mm -hmm. and you know then all of a sudden, and she is too. She's kind of planning to go back to work, and you know. Yeah, it's like they they weren't they weren't communicating their you know wants and desires to each other and and it kind of came to a head over this the the whole pregnancy scare so it uh it was interesting yeah yeah another good you know again the thing that i thought was so great was it started out and i thought man this is going to be one of those episodes where they kind of coast you know a little bit and it's not going to be as as deep and as relevatory Mm -hmm. as other episodes and then boy was i wrong yeah it was one of the most interesting again another interesting episode just as good and interesting as anyone they've had previous so yeah the show continues to be one you know Mm -hmm. it, it 
it's so good. I just fear that it's going to get canceled. It's just too good uh-huh. to stay on the air. But maybe, maybe mm-hmm. it will continue. I hope so. I, I don't know. I, I think it's got. It's well. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people seem to like it. It seems to be getting a following. So hopefully, ratings will do well, and they'll continue to show. You know, it'll continue to be on for a while because it's yeah. certainly worth watching. Um, another show I watched and made me think about you was yeah. this show show called uh, Dirk Gently Holistic Detective or something close to that. Ooh, it. It's on the BBC. It's on mm-hmm. BBC America on Saturday night. No, uh, Friday nights, I believe. Friday nights, uh, maybe Saturday nights, but I think it's Friday nights. And um, um, it's uh, it's got Elijah Wood in it, and it's oh, based on okay. the novels by Douglas Adams. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he wrote Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxy series. So hey, that's gotta yeah, be good. Which hopefully we both love Hitchhiker's Guide. You know, right. um, in fact, your nickname is Zap Zapod. Um, <laughs> that's right. Which which I never call you, but that, no, I that know. is one of your nicknames. But I do. Um, I I definitely still have uh, friends out there that that call me that, and I know it's. Uh, I, I am called Zapod by some people, and I know that's not the proper pronunciation of Zaphod, but uh, that's just the way it was. I had an email address that was like Zaphod something at Yahoo, and uh, John Christensen <laughs> started calling me Zapod, so that's why it's Zapod. But see, I thought it was pronounced Zapod, too. That's the way I always pronounced it from reading it, and uh, I, don't remember, I, I don't remember how they say it in the BBC version of hitchhiker's guide yes yeah, they say zaphod zaphod yeah interesting yeah i think i remember when i saw it i'm like oh i've been mispronouncing it in my head when i read it wow. but um yeah but, you know um, and that's another thing too uh, go ahead uh dirk gently is what it's called yeah so you know we both love hitchhiker's guide and and yeah. um and, and i wanted to say definitely not the movie that had zoe de chanel in it that's horrible but the uh yeah, but the bbc version mm-hmm. the bbc uh mini series i think it's six episodes uh of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy which i think you can still find out there somewhere right uh, it's only six episodes i didn't realize that it's yeah, it's a typical BBC kind of series where it's only they're hour long, I believe, but I believe it's only six or eight episodes. Um, uh, it's fantastic, and if you can find a way to see it, I don't know if it's on DVD or not, but I I still have it on VHS tape somewhere that I taped off of PBS a long time ago. Um, but if you can find it somewhere and and watch it, it's a really great representation of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, definitely, yeah. It's it's good. So, I mean, it's, it's low budget, but I think it 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 adds it adds to it more than it subtracts. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's fairly faithful and contain it. Ha- Here's the thing about Dirk Gently. So Dirk Gently is a uh, is a, a a detective played by a character named uh, uh, played by an actor named Samuel Barnett who played Renfield in Penny Dreadful. Did you ever watch Penny Dreadful? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Sierra, Sierra and I have watched every episode so far. So, okay, cool. So I'm he, trying to he remember played the, Renfield. I'm trying to remember the – oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the creepy, um, he was the creepy uh, uh, receptionist for the uh, psychiatrist before he's revealed oh. to be Renfield. 
Ah, well, in this show, he's, you know, he's a typical Adams character. He's bubbly, goofy, talks a lot, is kind of uh, dopey, and um, nice. he just kind of shows – yeah, and the and the character the guy who plays him, Samuel Barnett, plays mm-hmm. him perfectly. I don't know how the hmm. character's written in the books. I've never read the Dirk Gently books. I think Neither there's only two I. of them. Yeah. But um, but he he really reminds you of a he really seems like a Douglas Adams character. He's very uh-huh. you know he's and he, he he's like a detective, but he's a detective who doesn't look for clues. He's a detective who believes that oh the answer will reveal itself eventually. <laughs> oh wow! So. Like yeah, the, the universe uh, will reveal it to me at some point in time. Interesting. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, his <laughs> philosophy of detective work. So um, Elijah Wood plays a guy who works at a hotel. He's he's got a a lot of you know problems with money and other things going mm-hmm. on in his life. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, one day, this uh, Dirk Gently sh- kind of shows up on his doorstep. Okay. And before you know it, he he gets fired and has all even more problems. It seems like, but he also has a glimpse of him. So he's on the elevator at the hotel he works at and the elevator doors open and he sees himself dressed up really kind of crazily and talking something about money. And you get the impression from from what he says, I can't remember what he says now that that there's a lot of money involved. And and so like you're like, is he seeing himself in the future or what exactly is going on? Oh, okay. Hmm. And and so there's uh, and then there's a murder that happens at the hotel and uh, and the murder, the, the person who gets murdered is the father of a girl who has gone missing and every and he's very rich and everyone's looking for the daughter. Ah, interesting. So there's there's all kinds of storyline going on, but mainly, of course, it's about the relationship of Elijah Wood and the uh, Dirk Gently character. Okay, does it almost and, kind and of become? Kind of, does it almost become like a uh, a Sherlock uh, Holmes and Sherlock kind of uh, relationship? Yes, yes. That's I think that's what they're leading it towards. Ah, yeah, because he he right. even. Dirk Gently even says to him that he's going to be like an apprentice or an assistant. And then, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Elijah Wood is like, I don't I don't want to be a, an apprentice <laughs> or an assistant or whatever. And he's like and he's like, well, you're not doing a very good job of it anyway. Or, you know, it's very <laughs> but it's kind of right. it's kind of funny because it's it does have like a tinge of darkness. It's not quite as whimsical as Hitchhiker's Guide. There is that. um uh, there's some kind of you know it, it's definitely creepier and and a little bit darker than your typical because the Hitchhiker's Guide is fairly whimsical and and this has right. a has a brush brushes of whimsy but mm-hmm. there's there's kind of a dark underbelly to it as well yeah. and so it's so the the great thing about it is is it's not really like any other show I've ever seen hmm. and you know it, it's got a, Elijah Wood and this this other actor and they're both nice looking young guys and and okay. so it's certainly not hard to watch them on TV um, but the story's really compelling and different and unique and and um, uh, so I'm really interested in seeing where it goes and okay. I believe at this point they've only got eight episodes I think it's I think again it may be one of those ones that that uh you know doesn't necessarily have several seasons but may have two or three seasons of eight or ten episodes uh, or it may just be one i'm not sure hmm. yeah well that's interesting and it, it almost it's uh i mean you say it's probably un- unlike anything you've ever seen it, the impression i'm getting from your description though it's almost like if you took sherlock holmes and doctor who and put them in a blender together you might 
come up with Dirk Gently, but that's just well, you know, that's just an impression of me never seeing anything, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But that's I want to see it. That's not a bad analogy. Yeah, hmm, yeah. Okay. It's only had one episode so far, and I'm sure they will repeat it to get people to watch it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, you know, I have not watched. Um, uh, what was the what was the reference you just made, Doctor Who? I, I am said, not yeah. a Doctor Who person. Ah, uh, okay. And so I. I don't re- I only have a general kind of idea of what Doctor Who is about and what it's like. Yeah. I have watched a couple episodes a uh, hundred years ago. So mm-hmm. um, so, yes, I think that's a pretty good you've, you've kind of hit something there without uh. even seeing it, um, because that seems <laughs> well, that seems like a good it. a good analogy. Yeah. Wow. And it's created and and uh, put together by um, a guy named Max Landis, who is John Landis's son. Hmm. OK. So I that I thought that was really interesting. I was reading yeah. about him on Wikipedia, and he's he's uh, started to he's done a few TV shows and movies and short yeah. films, and he's starting to get some traction. So yeah, starting um, to make a name for himself. Uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, cool. yeah. So yeah, really good, interesting right. uh, show that I will that yeah. If you and get a chance to watch it, I'd love it's to on talk B- more about it. BBC America. BBC America on, I think it's on Saturdays, Saturday evenings at like seven or eight. Okay, well, I'll have but to I'm give sure it they, I'm sure they repeat it. I'm sure they repeat it. Um, Imagine. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth watching, and I, I I think you'll really like it. I like it a lot, and I'm I'm definitely interested in seeing what happens next. So right, yeah. Well, I I like Doctor Who, and I I think I've read all the Sherlock Holmes books, so that probably puts me in a good position. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah, and that. Uh, with the Douglas Adams kind of feel to it. Oh, exactly. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. It just makes it really interesting. So, right. Um, well, gosh, we've gone on a long time. I wanted to talk about eyewitness, but I can save that for next episode. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh, put in a slot for uh, eyewitness for sure next week. Um, yeah. So, cool. Yeah, we're yeah we're we're at a, like an hour and 45 minutes here so uh, shall, yeah. shall we maybe just transition right into an oblique strategy and uh, yeah, say let's our do goodbyes that. Alrighty. let me Absolutely. pull one oh please let it be a good one <laughs> All right, bananas are not necessarily a fruit <laughs> okay <laughs> oh shit that would suck it would be something horrible oh, okay hmm this is interesting uh do the words need changing? Wow. Hmm. That, that seems almost very specific, almost. Almost like if, is, you, if you were writing a song and it's like, do the words need changing? But Right, you right. Could, you, could but, gener- you, know, you could generalize it, though. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Do you need to be saying it in a different way? Oh. Uh, yeah, is your approach too harsh or too soft? Hmm. Lots of... Lots of things that could lead you to think about. That's I, true. I definitely will say. I definitely will say. I don't think on our show any of the words need changing. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> right, because yeah. you know. Yeah, we're we're we're, uh, we're wonderful. No, and yeah, we like we are very proud of what we do here, and and God damn it, I wouldn't change a thing. No, well, I I enjoy <laughs> our our conversations slash podcast. And, uh, you know, man, we're, we're getting to spend way more time than we have over the uh, past several years, you know, not necessarily uh, face-to-face, but uh, uvu to uvu. 
<laughs> yeah, hanging out. Hang I'll, let, I'll let you touch my uvu if I can touch yours. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you my uvu if you show me yours. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I'm not, I don't know about touching it, man. I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> I'll just edit. I'll just edit my part out and keep yours. Yours oh, sounded no. a lot better. No, no. Oh, I'm kidding. I ain't, I ain't taking shit out. The words, the <laughs> words don't need changing. The words don't need changing. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Do the words need changing? <laughs> no. No, they don't. No. No, they do not. <laughs> awesome. Wow. All right. Hey, man. Good episode. Hey, I enjoyed it, man. It it's is fun. really great to, you know, even if no one listens to this podcast, I don't know who would, but uh, even if people. it's just you and me. If if it's just you and me talking to each other and getting to hang out, then it then that's that's good enough for me. Yeah, you know, just it could, <laughs> you just think of it as a record of our friendship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that in in and of itself, you know, uh, you know, thirty years from now, Make, you or you or I can be listening to this for for, for reminiscing's sake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, of course, we'll we'll probably still be doing it. Now I don't know what. We'll yeah, be doing. we'll be. We'll be at episode uh, <laughs> three thousand, forty thousand. Yeah, <laughs> forty thousand, right? Yeah. Hello, okay, kids. So slide on in next week. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, there's fifty. Yeah, fifty, fifty, fifty-two weeks in a year, and uh, so yeah, ten years. That's uh, five hundred and twenty episodes. Twenty years is wow. a thousand. You know, Crazy. we can do a thousand. Sure, I can do a thousand of these. All right, cool. Hey, hey, why not? Keeps yeah. us sharp. Keeps us sharp. All right. That's uh, right, man. All right. Well, uh, oh, yeah, I guess we're <laughs> just rambling on and on here. So why don't we just uh, say goodbye to our uh, audience by saying slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. Lodger out and proud. Don't dream it. Be it. It's going to get longer as time goes on. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> By episode 1,000, it'll be like, you know, 30-minute long <laughs> catchphrase. Cloud you're out and pow, don't dream it, be it. Don't drink and drive, don't text and talk. <laughs> Make sure to eat plenty of prunes. ha, 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 